0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast with fire passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Simon Walton. Well, hello and welcome to the Plane Talking UK podcast. This is episode number 25 and it's Carlos here joining you uh, on this episode. And with me is my co-host, as always, Simon Waltorten.
1: Good evening, it's a little bit late, um, late as we yeah. look, um, so I've been uh, running around, We've just finished work um, at 6 o'clock this evening and uh, settling everything down uh, for the weekend, got tw- 20 days off so... Um, 20 days to, Simon, how, just, do you, how do you manage to get 20 days uh, off? Well that's our main holiday so uh, it's been a long, long time coming so uh, um, as we sit here um, I'm just trying to unwind with a beer and just yeah. had a few snacks and something to eat and I uh, the weather's a bit um, autumnal outside, if I can say that word. Um, sort of as we uh, head, as we're in Ch- uh, July. So we have had a lot of rain today. We, yes, Simon? we have, um, and yeah. thunderstorms have last off uh, this evening. Uh, my girls a bit disturbed tonight. So, um, but they're all settled now, and uh, all should be tucked up in bed. Having said that, things may be different at home, which I'll uh, speak <laughs> to my wife later.
0: <laughs> so, as we record this uh, episode twenty-five, then it's uh, the tenth of July. And it's just coming up to 10 to 10 in the evening, or yes. night, I should say. <coughs> yes. So it's quite late, I remember, and quite late.
1: <laughs> it's uh, the eve of the uh, react.
0: Yes, yes, that's the reason why Simon's here. <coughs> Uh, this late on this evening is because uh, we're leaving here early tomorrow morning to travel down to the Royal International Air Tattoo at RAF Fairford well, yes. in Gloucestershire.
1: Yes, in the Cotswolds.
0: In so. the Cotswolds. We've got uh, quite a long journey down there, just over yes. four hours drive, yep. uh, but we're traveling down in the luxury TriStar. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> For people who don't know, I'm not going to tell you, but <laughs> there's still one flying. <laughs> yeah, it's got four wheels. Yeah.
0: <laughs> But yeah. we'll be travelling down there in the morning, and uh, we thought we'd bring you a, a kind of sort of a shortened podcast, uh, number 25. We're still going to do the same news, um, just on a shortened, uh, we're not going to do as many stories. We've, we've picked out some of the best stories uh, from the last week, and we're going to do those. And Simon's also going to give you a rundown of uh, what's going to happen tomorrow and stuff. At the yes, end the show.
1: yes, because um, it's an extra day um, for React, although you can actually get the gold, silver and bronze passes. Um, tomorrow, because it's the 50th anniversary of the Reds, <clears throat> I'll be talking more about that later in the show um, We're going on the Friday, they not normally have a Friday show But um, as I said, you get all the arrivals um, which have started to come in today And also um, I've been told by one of my friends, David Harris and That uh, the A350 and the A380 are at Farnborough and flown in today ah. For next week already
0: I've actually got some news as well uh, later on to bring regarding Farnborough and Qatar. Cause remember, we talked about them bringing four yes. uh, <clears throat> aircraft to Farnborough, passenger aircraft. Yes. Well, they're bringing three now. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to bring that uh, some news but, later on in the show.
1: But um, in this last week, how things change <clears throat> <clears throat> yep. uh, regarding all this aircraft flying. There's so much information and so much going on. We're just not just at the air shows. We've had bird strikes. We've had cancellations of aircraft going mm. to air shows. Um, we've had crossovers on runways and go-arounds and near Ooh. catastrophe, um, which um, most probably some of you will actually seen it on um, Facebook. Um, it's quite scary, but luckily the pilot who was coming in uh, with the aircraft actually saw the um i think it was a russian uh plane go across the runway twice that was Air
0: 340 airbus a340 yeah. that was yeah yeah
1: and he went uh and done a go around and landed safely but um his quick thinking decisions um aborted a major catastrophe which was uh quite scary to watch i was watching that um the poor pilot in that plane coming down to land that was a u-tear was not it yes um <coughs> uh, 767 yeah. so not Cut, a, not a small aircraft no, coming down to land and then uh suddenly be greeted by a blocked runway with a big aircraft on. Um, just takes me back to, um, the days with the KLM and the other one. Where was that? Was that Major? Uh, that was Tenerife. Tenerife. It? Yeah, yeah that, that was Tenerife then, that
0: was with it, yeah. the Dutch one and the, uh, was it Pan? No, was it oh. no, wasn't am Was it, that was, blimey. I should know this. Yes. Uh, uh, but read, anyway, read uh, with those
1: air- aircraft, there, a similar sort of, uh, thing happening, but, um, it's quite scary, but luckily, um, there will be an investigation into this and, uh, Spanish authorities will um, be taking uh, further investigation to find out what actually caused all this, and uh, all traffic air traffic control um, um, recordings will be uh, analysed um, intensely.
0: Yeah. So, uh, we're going to start the show then, as we always do, with the uh, re- uh, rundown of a little bit of news from the last week. Uh, so, Simon, if you're ready. Beer at the ready. <laughs> He's got a beer in his hand. He's ready. Why. Right, let's go. So first piece of news then kicking off this week then is on the NBC News website. And this is something that popped up uh, beginning of this week uh, regarding security at airports. And uh, a lot of airlines, this one is about British Airways, but a lot of the American ones are doing it as well now, uh, where unless you can prove that your mobile phone or pa- tablet or uh, iPad or or phone you know device can switch on, uh, it will be uh, confiscated and will not be allowed to uh, join you on the aircraft to uh, to fly. Uh, the uh, London passengers flying to the, new, the United States with British Airways will not be allowed to board the plane if their phone or laptop is run out of battery. Um, the announcement by the carrier late on Monday was prompted by uh, new US requirements <laughs> enforced by the UK. Uh, that passengers must be able to turn on their devices to prove they're not uh, allowed, oh, not uh, hollowed out and packed with explosives. British Airways said that the extra extra checks were at departure gates immediately prior to boarding, and passengers carrying dead devices will be forced to rebook on a later flight. The policy could uh, be a particular headache for U.S. bound uh, connecting passengers who may not have access to a power source for many hours. A British Airways spokesman was unable to clarify if passengers would be allowed to board the plane if they, if they choose to leave their devices behind. US officials last week asked airports handling US-bound flights to tighten security amid fears that Al-Qaeda-linked terrorist groups might conceal a bomb within a fake smartphone or laptop. Virgin Atlantic warned customers they would not be able to travel with unpowered devices, but did not say passengers would be required to rebook on other flights. American Airlines, which operates transatlantic flights in a joint venture with British Airways,
1: declined to comment. So uh, this is something you've seen as well this week, Simon? Uh, Yes, I'll give you an update on this. Um, I was watching the news this morning at work, and um, they're interviewing uh, one of the uh, travel guys um, uh, from... uh, who does all the travel and stuff? And um, they're interviewing him and one of the uh, airport security staff. And uh, they did say that Virgin Atlantic and British Airways um, will try and um, get something more up to date um, as of today um, regarding uh, sort of like power points to and USB cables to charge mm. uh, devices. Um, but obviously, they've got to be limited. Most devices are um, similar anyway. Mm. Um, but uh, they said they're going to try and do something. No, if you did, um, they were trying to sort this out today. That's uh, what the guys were saying on the TV. If you did happen to have a flat um, phone, they would um accept it being left at the airport um, and they will mail it on to you, mm. but obviously, you aren't going to be able to take it on hold because it's um, not charged. But I would imagine if you can just get a quick quick charge or carry the little mobile chargers just to show them that it's actually working, you'd be okay.
0: You've you've seen the device I've got, which I take to the air shows, Simon. It's this yes. little power bank. Yes. And uh, you can charge the power bank up. It's kind of like <clears throat> a, a mobile battery. Yeah. And uh, you can get these things off eBay and Amazon, all the usual sites online, Google search. And you can get these devices <clears throat> for... Pretty cheap money, you know, not much more than 10 15 pounds. Um, and charge them up. And say you're out and about, and your phone does lose power, you can just plug this in uh, using a USB lead and charge your phone. Yeah, um, so that could be an option for people who are traveling on long flights who may, you know, have uh, an issue with battery uh, charging.
1: Taking a, a spare battery, I don't know how you get on with the spare batteries, um, but that's another thing. So I did uh, tell my friend who's just uh, flown to uh, America this week. Uh, he's gone up to Reno, Nevada. And um, I said to him, I just warned him, I said, make sure everything that you've got is charged up cameras, phones, tablets, everything that you've got plenty of power in them just to show you them. And so you That was Wayne, wasn't he? Yes. He was, he was on one of our previous shows. Yes, as a, as Wayne. A backseat uh, guest. <laughs> our friend uh, Wayne, uh, one of the karaoke singers. Um, um, and uh, your yours and my friend and uh, my colleague who I work with. So, uh, yeah, um, I've had a few messages from him. Um, he's actually uh, given us some uh, uh, lovely uh, information. Um, who,
0: who did Wayne fly with, just he, as a matter of interest? He uh, flew uh,
1: uh, United uh, oh, Airlines. Right. Okay. And um, he actually flew on a triple uh, 777, okay. uh, uh, I think it was 300ER, extra mm. range. Mm-hmm. And then he flew on a CRJ-700 regional jet. And uh, that was the United Express. And that was from um, San Francisco to Reno. Mm. And that was a 35-minute flight. Um, And that was operated by SkyWest, uh, which is a sort of uh, joint code uh, venture on the United Express. So um, it's a lovely little uh, aircraft. But I find it a bit noisy because the uh, two engines are right on the back of the fuselage. And they're
0: quite powerful engines as well. And
1: uh, if I just quickly... uh, show you this picture it should come up Simon's just
0: showing me on his smartphone oh yeah yeah got you yeah
1: so um you've got the uh, big winglet a bit on like
0: the ERJ <coughs> sort of 135 but yeah like this slightly is
1: uh, smaller. Um CRJ uh, 700 regional jet mm. um and then the uh obviously uh the triple seven um which is we all a, know the triple seven yes um he had a lovely flight <laughs> lovely um quite calm flight and uh enjoyed the food had a few drinks and um He's uh, really enjoying himself, but the good thing about it it he's got to be getting some photos of the Janet aircraft, which go to Area 51.
0: we mentioned Bring those like, on the show before, haven't we? Yes,
1: yeah. and they will pop up a lot in our shows. As, um, so hopefully um, in the coming weeks and stuff, watch our Facebook page mm. and Twitter, because you should uh, see some uh, Janet flights, because um, the aircraft are literally uh, near where he's standing with his auntie. Uh, I think it's about 300 feet are coming over, and he said they're so low, it's really good. But the Janet flights operate um, 24-7, seven days a week, out of McCarran Airbase on a se- um, a separate segment uh, of the airfield. Um, so, uh, yeah, that should uh, get those pictures, and we'll get them posted up. Um, so that should be uh, good, and there should be loads more uh, aircraft um, that we'll be uh, po- posting up as well when he sends them over. Excellent. we we'll look forward to that. Yes.
0: Next piece of news, then, is on the Chronicle Live site. And uh, uh, this is regarding an airline that's had quite a few incidents in the last few weeks. Jet 2 here in the UK, uh, they had a holiday flight forced to turn back to Newcastle after a loss of cabin pressure. The Jet2.com Faro service was forced back to Newcastle International Airport on Friday morning, just minutes after takeoff. The holiday jet had turned back only minutes after taking off and uh, landed um, just after half past seven on the Friday morning. Um, But uh, the after landing after an issue which was described as a minor issue, but passengers took to social media uh, sites to report that the plane had suffered a loss of cabin pressure. A spokesperson for the airline said that flight LS597 from Newcastle to Faroe had returned to Newcastle Airport due to a minor issue and as a precautionary measure was met by emergency services. The aircraft landed safely and a replacement uh, ensured that our customers departed to their destination later in that morning. Uh, They also added that they'd like to apologise to their customers affected by the delay and passengers on board the aircraft were taken off and given a £5 voucher to spend at the airport terminal food outlets. (laughs) £5? What can you get for (laughs) £5? A replacement aircraft was then found and the flight eventually departed for a second time at 11am that morning. A spokesman for Newcastle International Airport said that despite the drama, the airport remained open and operational throughout. Um, so, and Jet Two has actually had a couple of issues this week uh, with the various aircraft. <clears throat> yes. This was probably the most serious one, but they've yeah. had uh, a few issues. But their aircraft are quite old aircraft. Yeah, we talked Jet 2. about
1: um, these um, in one of our previous uh, recent podcasts. Um, now, what um, are they? 737-300s? Um,
0: no, I think they're slightly newer. <laughs> I'm just going to have a look on the fleet uh, fleet uh, program. Um, but it's it's an issue that they've had. Uh, with other aircraft before, which I've seen on uh, on on the actual Aviation Herald website that which we uh, which a lot of us use, um, a great site. So Jet Two operate the uh, 700, 400 series. They, have, they operate the three hundred series as well of aircraft, uh, which that one was at was a three hundred series, which yes. quite an old aircraft. Yes, uh, they've got they've got some seven five sevens as well. Uh, yeah, 200 is a popular one.
1: Yeah, um, I did actually see one of these, because um, I think I sent you a message uh, flying out of uh, Norwich Airport. Now, I don't know whether he'd been for uh, a service or um, a spray, uh, Spray Vier, um, which is a paint shop at Norwich Airport, but I did actually see him taking off, and he was heading south um, towards um, sort of uh, uh, English Channel, so I don't know where he was off to, um, but I did see him take off from Norwich.
0: They have actually got 12... 12- 800 series, yes. 737 in their fleet, um, the oldest one coming, going back as far as uh, beginning of 2011. But an old aircraft, and um, I'm surprised Jet uh, 2 are still using the 300 series. I reckon they'll be
1: having a look into the um, uh, these aircraft to see what um, <clears throat> what they're going to do uh, mm. uh, with these problems.
0: Next news then uh, from the business traveller site, Qantas um, have unveiled a new route from Dubai to London using their A380. Qantas has announced that uh, its new Airbus A380 Superjumbo scheduled um, service between Dubai and London Heathrow um, is going to start flying a twice-daily timetable on July the 21st. Flight QF1 will depart Dubai International Airport uh, at 02.10 hours in the morning and land at Heathrow at 06.45 local time, while return service QF2 will take off from London Heathrow at 21.25 and arrive in Dubai at 07.20 the following day. Uh, Rohan Garnett, Qantas Regional General Manager in the Middle East, Africa, India and South Asia, said... Qantas offers double daily A380 services between Dubai and London, and the new schedule means our customers now have a choice of arriving in uh, London early in the morning or at lunchtime. It also means a choice of two departure times on leaving the UK, one at lunchtime and one in the evening, Uh, and a new schedule will no doubt suit more families travelling to the UK for summer holidays. Qantas operates double daily A380 services between Dubai and London and Australia, Uh, So good news then for anyone wishing to travel then uh, from London to Dubai and back. Uh, I know I've done uh, that route, but using Emirates on the Airbus A380. So perhaps Qantas uh, trying to sort of uh, snatch away a few customers from Emirates uh, because I know the prices are fairly competitive between the two airlines.
1: Yes, yeah.
0: So next piece of news then, uh, Ethiopian uh, has uh, received its eighth Boeing 787 Dreamliner and will add the aircraft onto its Addis Ababa to London Heathrow route from tomorrow. The national carrier, who took the delivery of their latest Boeing 787 on June 26th, currently flies a Dreamliner between two cities six times weekly each day, except for Tuesdays. So from tomorrow, Ethiopian will add a Tuesday evening service, making the route daily. The Outburn service will depart Addis Ababa at one in the afternoon and land at Heathrow at seven o'clock in the evening and the return flight will leave London Heathrow at 9 o'clock in the evening and arrive in Addis Ababa at uh, 7 in the morning the next day. Ethiopian will move into Heathrow's new Terminal 2 in September, where it will join 22 other Star Alliance Airlines based there. Last year, both London Heathrow runways were closed for 90 minutes after smoke was spotted coming from towards the rear of an Ethiopian Airlines Dreamliner. Which we all remember that story we covered last year that we yes, saw about yeah. that aircraft. Um, so, uh, so at least uh, Ethiopian have still got um, faith in the Dreamliner, and uh, I've obviously took a took that next one on delivery there, so that's good. So, next piece of news then: Travel Weekly, um, Airbus A330 set for revamp to take on the Boeing uh, large body aircraft. So Airbus is poised to revamp its popular Airbus A330 with the more fuel-efficient engines to step up competition with Boeing in the long-haul aircraft sector. Fabrice Bourget, chief executive of Airbus's passenger jet businesses, told the Financial Times ahead of this month's Farnborough Air Show: if we can find a solution to improve this aircraft, I believe it will confirm that we intend to lead the wide-body segment of the market. Airbus has been considering launching the Airbus A330neo, or new engine option, at the show, but this prospect uh, is fading because of the jet revamp appears to be more complex than originally anticipated, according to the Financial Times report. It may be possible to sell more than 1,000 Airbus A330neos because the aircraft will be cheaper than the rival 787 Dreamliner, he claimed. Brigier said that the Airbus was studying significant modifications of the Airbus A330's wings, not just to accommodate the new engines, which would be heavier compared to the existing ones, but to improve the aircraft's aerodynamics and therefore help further reduce fuel burn. He defended the company's strate- uh, strategy in the wide-bodied market, rejecting suggestions that the company was wrong to seek limited improvements to the Airbus A330 rather than build a completely new aircraft. The profitability was growing every day that the air company would launch an Airbus A330 with more fuel-efficient engines. The A330 entered service in 1994, and more than 1,300 aircraft have been sold. But there are just less than 250 remaining on the books to deliver to customers about two years' worth of production. So Airbus and Boeing are quite at it together, aren't they, really, Simon? Yes. So, mean, they're sort of trying to compete to yeah, produce. Yeah, they're trying to uh,
1: do each other, which the, is a uh, good um, sort of uh, business and stuff.
0: They're trying to produce a, sort of the leanest burning um, aircraft, know, engines, and, uh, yeah. and saving fuel. I think the, the big thing is fuel, though, isn't it, so, Yes. I mean, yeah. Save fuel. All yeah. the airlines are trying to do that. So next one, then, uh, Flybeer, uh, uh Launching new winter routes and from uh, an airport that we've talked about quite a few times, um, from Southend, Inverness, and daily flights from Southampton to Hamburg, and starting on October the twenty sixth this year, routes can be booked now for twenty nine ninety nine one way, excluding taxes and charges. In addition, the airline has put on additional flights on its Southampton to Alicante and Malaga and Faro services in October and November to accommodate half-term travel demand. The airline's expanded uh, weather uh, winter schedule uh, also features additional flights on some of his existing key routes out of Manchester, Inverness and Dublin. Flybeer has already announced it will operate five new routes from London C- City Airport from October. So uh, Southampton is, is starting to be uh, a really uh, busy airport, Simon. Yes. Uh, well, uh, well, more so than Norwich, <laughs> do you think?
1: Um, I don't know about that because um, Norwich is a sort of international hub, really, isn't it? Um, for Amsterdam, so uh, and uh, Norwich uh, is in a good spot. Um, Plus, easy jet
0: flight from Southampton as well,
1: yes. Um, uh, mm. but um, a lot of these little, as we've talked about many times, and uh, it's going to pop up in the future. Um, we're saying a lot of these little uh, regional airports just seem to be uh, booming uh, so much. Um, because the uh, costs are a lot less of flying out of the uh, smaller regional airports than the big uh, the big the big boys uh, which are London Heathrow Gatwick Manchester Glasgow um just to name but a few um and obviously Stansted that's a big airport and uh, but a lot of these smaller ones um keep the costs down and, mm-hmm. uh, so if you can find an airline that is um has a a sort of a flight direct to where you want to go from a smaller regional airport than a busier one, I think you'll uh, save a little bit of money on this. So, mm.
0: so next piece of news then, uh, two more bits left. Um, I've saved the best bits to the last. Uh, EasyJet uh, are trialling iBeacons. Have I heard of these, Simon? No. No, nor had I. Uh, EasyJet is to trial new <coughs> technology across European airports that aims to help passengers better navigate their way through the airport. The iBeacon technology, which is being trialled at Luton, Gatwick, and Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport, triggers notifications to passengers' mobiles during critical points of the airport journey. The notifications are automatically activated as passengers approach approach bag drop and security areas, prompting them to open their boarding pass at the right time so it's ready to be scanned and advising them uh, when passports need to be presented. EasyJet is trialling the technology during the peak summer period with a view to rolling it out across Europe if it proves popular with passengers. EasyJet's commercial director, Peter Duffy, said this is another example of how EasyJet is innovating to make travel easier for passengers across Europe. By becoming the first airline to trial iBeacons across Europe, we can help speed up the airport journey and provide assistance to passengers, making it even easier to fly with EasyJet. In May, EasyJet announced it was developing drone technology to help with aircraft inspection. So iBeacon I then, so this is an app that you must download for your phone, yes, and sir. as you walk through the airport, it tells <clears throat> you, well, what to do yeah, and when well, to do I, it. Yeah,
1: I think it's a good idea because mm. there's nothing uh, worse than standing in the queue and you're just watching people in front of you. I know, I'm um, I'm, I'm a culprit, and um, my mum is, my wife, and we're all uh, culprits of this Faffing around. faffing around, around, searching <laughs> for the tickets. Are they in this bag? Are they in that bag? Are they in that compartment? Where are they? These ones for a return flight, where are they? So if you can get organised, it's just going to knock a bit of time off the uh, check-in and hopefully make r- things run a lo- lot smoother.
0: Because everyone always has their phone in their hand yes. during the airport yes. war- war- you know, when they're walking around. You're going your to
1: be checking in on your um, phone uh, in the future and mm. uh, I think the desks uh, will become a thing of the past. you just have a bag drop. You can see that going. Yeah,
0: it will do. It will be here soon. So last piece of news then um, for this week uh, is from the BBC News US and Canada site. This one, <laughs> after Simon's reading this in front of me here. You find I'm getting hungry again now. I'm, I'm hungry. <laughs> so the uh, headline is US Pilot Buys Pizza for Grounded Passengers. A US pilot ordered pizzas for a plane full of passengers as they were stuck on the tarmac for two hours in Wyoming. Gerhard Bradner ordered 50 pizzas after his plane was diverted to Shenyan and they uh, waited, or while they waited, for thunder and lightning to clear in Denver. Passengers said the entire cabin burst into applause after the pilot announced the delivery on the loudspeaker. The Washington, D.C. to Denver Frontier Airlines flight with 160 people on board finally flew on to Colorado. Mr. Bradner told Phil Williams on BBC Radio 5 Live that half the pizzas were cheese and the other half were pepperoni. The captain paid for it out of his own pocket, but he has now been telephoned by the airline's president, who has said that he will reimburse him for the cost. Mr. Bradner said he wasn't a hero. He just wanted to make sure that his passengers left the flight with with a smile on their face. Oh, that's, so, that's, that is pretty awesome, uh, Simon. You have a, to admit.
1: Only in America. You wouldn't get that anywhere else. And uh, um, so that's pretty good as well if you've got a full pizza and you've got half cheese and then half pepperoni <laughs> you're, you're sorted you're sorted honestly it's, it's awesome i mean
0: <laughs> to to be delayed on a flight and, and look uh, at the picture
1: the uh, stewardesses look well happy and uh, the people look smiling <laughs> on there so say, get that food food it's not
0: something you see every day is it? uh pizza bo- uh, cases being delivered uh, delivered on board yeah. and being dished out uh, can down you imagine Kevin it Group. um
1: um where is the delivery for? What's what's what is your address? Um, <laughs> um an <terminal>. aircraft. <laughs> an aircraft at the terminal. At the on terminal. the gate. And the gate. That's it. Yeah. That's that was really good. Yeah. So
0: um definitely uh hats off there to Gerhard Bradner of uh
1: Frontier Airlines. Well yeah. done. Um another bit um of information uh on a, a different uh more of a sort of a safety issue. Did you uh, read about? I was watching this um, on Facebook uh, with um, sort of uh, um, anxiously, and it was quite uh, interesting. Um, in Brisbane, they had to shut the airport down because the aircraft was cycling, um, circling, not cycling, circling over because someone had actually driven through the fence, through yeah, the fence, did and was yeah. um, actually riding around their car on the runway. So all, uh, I was watching that on flight track. All the aircraft were circling around and around mm. in circles, waiting for the airport to re- reopen. And uh, <laughs> this uh, person was driving around inside the actual uh, airport. And I did why see they, that. Yeah, why yeah, they had I to the sh- that the shut news. it completely down. Oh,
0: dear, some people, Simon, Hay so uh time is ticking away here so we're gonna uh, leave that news uh part of the news segment for uh, for this part of the show anyway and we're going to carry on with some news uh military news and aviation news air show news uh from simon so if you're uh, ready across the table there simon
1: yes we'll uh, uh, run with this just a short piece Um, are you ready and simon yeah right
0: let's go Right, so with his military aviation and airshow news, Simon, take it away.
1: Yeah, thanks very much, uh, Carlos. Uh, you've got a piece of information here uh, which we we're talking about the river aircraft, uh, which the RAF have got. Um, they've sort of um, done what the Yanks are, have done, and they've actually teamed up with them. Um, and the new river aircraft is being um, actually refuelled. Um, the picture we've got here um, the RC 135W River. Uh, intelligence aircraft has been refuelled for the first time in its flight since service started training flights with a, a set in uh, late May. The US force has disclosed. The US uh, Air Force uh, released an image showing uh, aircraft ZZ664 refuelling on the 26th of June from a Boeing KC-135 from the 100th Air Refuelling Wing based at RAF Mildenhall in Suffolk. And uh, close cooperation with the US and RAF for the river uh, joint capability includes the ability to uh, to UK service to uh, refuel from former boom-equipped tankers. The UK Airbus A330 Voyager um, tanker transports are equipped only with the hose um, and a drogue refueling system. So based at RAF Waddington-Lincolnshire and has flown by personnel from 51 Squadron, the UK's first RC-135W would be followed by another two of the type, which are sh- fleet scheduled to be fully operational use by late 2017. L3 Communications is currently preparing the UK remaining ju- uh, rivet joints uh, with the nation's new surveillance assets being converted from former, formerly uh, US Air Force uh, operated KC-135 refueling tankers. So uh, um, they've actually uh, uh, stripping out the uh, refueling uh, tanks on the uh, the old uh, things and uh, convert them into rivet aircraft, uh, which have... Uh, Surveillance aircraft, which is a good thing. Uh, so I know the hand hand me downs from the US, but um, they're still being put to good use uh, by the uh, RAF. It's quite a uh, good picture, actually. Really, they've yes. got on the site there of, um, yeah. of that being refuelled. Yeah. really good picture. Yes, it is. So, next piece of news, then, Simon. Uh, the next piece of news is uh, the US um, uh, Black Hawk, um, which was uh, this was um, I picked up on this today, and uh, Carlos has picked up on this. As well. Multiple bird strike caused the 7th of January fatal crash, uh, which we featured in uh, one of our January podcasts. The U.S. Air Force Sikorsky HH-60G Pavehawk helicopter over the uh, U.K.'s east coast, uh, which is in East Anglia, um, acts investigate investigated, so determined the crew... And the aircraft belonged to the US Air Force 56th uh, Rescue Squadron operating from RAF Layton Heath, UK. According to a report into the accident compiled by the service, the crew was on a training sortie described by the US as a nighttime rescue scenario of a downed F 16 pilot on grass covered marshland near Clay next to sea. Following a bird strike by a flock of geese, the aircraft went down out of control and crashed, causing the death of four on board. The US uh, Air Force says it found clear and convincing evidence that the aircraft was brought down after sustaining multiple bird strokes, which rendered the pilot and co-pilot unconscious and disabling the trim and the flight path stabilisation system. The training mission included two aircraft, the flight lead aircraft and the accident helicopter. All crew on both aircraft wore night vision goggles. The accident uh, aircraft departed RAF Lake Heath at 17.33 local time and proceeded initial point to verify the status of the simulated down pilot and conduct these threat analysis to avoid noise nuisance to the local community to the lo- local community the crew chose an initial point for the rescue run and the aircraft was flying at 110 feet above the ground level at 110 knots 204 kilometers an hour when the bird strike occurred the report says the birds probably disturbed by the aircraft noise got airborne and crashed through the windscreen Rendering both pilots and the aerial gunner unconscious, as well as causing system damage, the aircraft then descended and crashed.
0: That's terrible, really, Simon. That, that that happened because um, the aircraft is quite a, a well-built aircraft itself, and it? the uh, the Pave Hawk. It
1: is. Um,
0: yeah. It's just a shame that that actually uh, that actually happened um, so close to home for us, really. Yes, here because yeah. it is literally. Uh, not far from where we are here at all. Yes, yeah. Um, but uh, obviously they, at least they have found out, out to, for it to be, you know, it w- was a bird strike at the time. Yes, yeah. So at least they have got a conclusion <coughs> to uh, to their investigation.
1: Yes. Well, the next piece of news, um, saw this aircraft, um, actual pictures on uh, Facebook uh, in the last few days. This is a, a new aircraft uh, making its debut. It's a Scorpion Textron Airlines prototype Scorpion uh, light air, attack aircraft, uh, which has been completed its first transatlantic crossing ahead of its participating at the Royal Air Tattoo and Farnborough International Air Show in the UK. Now, sporting a new two tone grey colour scheme, the twin engine aircraft was flown from Wishati in uh, Kansas, uh, with stops made at locations including Maribel and Illaquat, both in Canada and Edinburgh, Scotland. And it was accompanied on its journey by a Cessna Sovereign business jet. Uh, following its arrival, the prototype has been involved in flight testing conducted from the Ministry of Defence and Quinetic Airfield and Boscombe Down in Wiltshire. It's due to be on static display at the Royal International Air Tattoo on the 12th and 13th before being flown to, onto Farm, Farnborough. The Honeywell TFE seven three one powered Scorpion was flown for the first time in December 2013 at the start of its expected 12-month flight test programme. Prior to the aircraft's departure for the UK, Textron Airland said the aircraft has been flown to a maximum speed of 455 knots, uh, 840 kilometres an hour in the USA. It's quite a unique aircraft, isn't it? Yeah, just
0: looking on um, on the uh, Wikipedia online here. It's powered by two Honeywell... Uh, Turbofan engines producing four thousand pounds of thrust each, which for an aircraft of that size is quite a lot. Simon,
1: yes. Um, Uh, The back uh, it's got a twin uh, tail at the back, which looks a bit like uh, the Raptor, doesn't it? Um, Yeah. Or the uh, F thirty five.
0: It's a two crew aircraft. Yep. And uh, has a fuel capacity of six thousand pounds and a service ceiling of forty five thousand feet.
1: Quite a high altitude. Quite a
0: high altitude. Um, it's uh, hard points uh, with a, uh, a six with a capacity of six thousand two hundred pounds of including internal bay with bombs uh, with pre- uh, precision and non precision munitions and uh, has a price tag of uh, around twenty million US dollars hmm. that aircraft. But it's that is quite a uh, lo- interesting I'd aircraft. I'd love like to
1: song. see this flying, but obviously it's going to be on static. Uh...
0: At least we'll get to see it tomorrow. Yes.
1: Yep.
0: <laughs> Right, summer. So you've got uh, some bits um, for news for the React. Then, yes, um, we're going to put this podcast out uh, tonight. So for those of you going tomorrow who may who may listen to this before React, uh, we've got some some sorry, some sad news, really, sorry. Yes,
1: yeah, about the F thirty five B doesn't uh, look as though it's going to be uh, flying at um, uh, React despite everyone's best endeavours. It's now been decided that the F- uh, Martin, Lockheed Martin F-35B Lightning will not fly at the Royal International Air Tattoo 2014. All, all of the aircraft remain currently grounded. Air Tattoo Chief Executive Tim Prince said the decision was with great disappointment given the amount of planning that had gone into the bringing of this aircraft to REAT, uh for its display debut. He said it is uh, not unusual for there to be delays in development programs in the new military aircraft and the Air Tattoo has been working closely with teams from Lockheed Martin, US Army Air Corps, Department of Defence and the MOD to ensure the aircraft touchdown down at RAF Fairford for the Air Tattoo. Unfortunately, we've simply run out of time. An MOD spokesman said the safety of the pilots and the aircraft has been our priority, of course, and it's disappointing that Lightning Two has not arrived in the UK. Um... In time for the tattoo, but we fully dis- support the decision um, not to grant clearance for the aircraft to make their first transatlantic flight to the UK until technical inve- investigations following an engine failure are complete. Mr. Prinzad, we are fully we fully understand and support the decision as safety of the pilots and uh, aircraft are paramount. Fortunately, the F thirty five B is the only one of more than two hundred existing aircraft representing thirty three air arms. Uh, from 27 countries around the globe that will be taking part at the REACT uh, 2014 air air show, which begins tomorrow, Friday, June the 11th. We're looking forward to staging the UK's biggest celebration, marking the 50th anniversary of the Red Arrow display season with the world's largest military air show. We're getting quite a few disappointments um, because, uh, as we said uh, in a previous last podcast, there's no um, uh, Vulcan. Um, which is uh, such a great shame because uh, most probably um, maybe uh, it's last um, year, this year, or uh, definitely next year. Um, so that will uh, be very sad. Although it was at uh, Waddington Air Show, mm. and uh, the, at the Waddington Air Show, there is a campaign on that now because that may be its last air show next year. Um, and in 2016, there may not be one. So. It says, save Waddington Airshow. So uh, that's something I'll bring you more information once I um, can get that about what's happening there.
0: Yeah, it's definitely a shame, Simon, when you get these iconic aircraft like this, that, um, you know, uh, they don't have any sort of funding at all from the government as as such or anything like this. And, and, you know, it's like all the iconic stuff like that. If we don't look after them, we'll, you know, we'll lose them. Yeah, and Um, uh,
1: obviously their uh, lifespan is... uh, shortened anyway, and uh, they only have a, a, a certain amount of life uh, left in them because they are old. Um, but I'm uh, now looking at the countdown to React, and we've got eight hours, 57 minutes, and 30 seconds precisely. <laughs> so we're, tick- we're uh, ticking down on the countdown, uh, Breitling uh, counter, and that's the official timekeeper for the React uh, air show.
0: So, Simon, you've got some news then on the, uh, some of the first arrivals um, to touch down for Riyadh then. Yes. Uh, um, what, what have we got to look forward well, to? Well,
1: uh, we've had uh, a few arrivals in um, the last few days. Um, the first arrivals, um, we've got some, uh, um, we had a few um, aircraft from Algeria, Jordan and Oman. The first touchdown was a C-27J Spartan Airlifter, which is the Herc, from the Baltic state of Lithuania. Um, what else have we heard? Uh, uh, the F-16 of the Turkish Air Force Solo Turk demonstration team, um, which has got the black, gold, and silver livery. It's mm-hmm. quite impressive that is. Uh, the aircraft is making its welcome return to uh, RAF Fairford, celebrating its 40th anniversary this year. And um, did you see the uh, aircraft uh, landing at Waddington and, and blowing the, the crowd over?
0: Oh, that, yes. That was on uh, – someone put it on Facebook. It yeah, was you. Yes, I think, yeah.
1: yeah. I put that on so that was quite impressive and uh <laughs> um he was they love it there and uh, they just scare the uh people <laughs> watching the
0: It reminded me of the uh, that beach at St Martin yes with the uh you know the jumbo flying but over the percent um,
1: this uh, guy in the F16 he was a lot lower than the um the uh, typhoon was uh, last <laughs> season. Uh, so <laughs> um, another very popular ride was a trio of Soviet-era Sukhoi Su-22 fitters from the Polish Air Force. Uh, the first time the Su-22s have performed a role demo display at the British event, and aviation enthusiasts will eagerly anticipate the sight of appearance of a swing-wing strike aircraft in the flying display. So. We've got quite a lot. I aren't going to go through the list of because um, yes. there's so many uh, aircraft. That you've, got,
0: f- you've got sort of a, a, a list there, haven't you, Simon? Yes. But, um,
1: so if you anybody, any- anybody wishes to uh, know what is actually flying before they go to the air show over the weekend uh, from tomorrow, uh, we do have an air show uh, tomorrow, um, which is a smaller scaled-down version. We've got our pit passes for the Reds uh, tomorrow, and um, we'll be uh, looking forward to that because um, we've got a special fly pass with the... Uh, with the uh, Reds, because um, they're going to be flying with two or three other, I think, at least three, perhaps four, um, other display teams. So they're going to have one of each of their aircraft flying um, in formation with the Red Arrows, which will be quite interesting. So we'll get some pictures on that. Mm. Um, and uh, it's just a shame that uh, some of these aircraft have been cancelled. But all, uh, as with all air shows, it's suburbate subject to uh, operational and weather conditions um at the time of uh, the actual air show so
0: i'm just looking on there uh, on here there's a BA, bae 146 yes uh, which VIP. is visiting
1: yeah though that's vip transport now there'll be someone uh, special coming in that i don't know if that's royalty but um i'll have to check with uh, one of our friends on this that is uh, what is that that, that BA, go back to that uh, bae 146 again that has uh, um, that is the SRS 200 series. So, that series I don't know whether yeah. I know the, the Queen, older one, yeah. The, I know the Queen's got a few of those um, still. So, I don't know whether there's such what. a lot of aircraft though. So, what, what how are we going to get round all these tomorrow? Um, we'll uh, <laughs> we'll make it. Um, because we're going to have a lot of uh, flight arrivals tomorrow. Um, we've got the PC3 or Just looking at the list quickly. Uh, uh, i
0: tell you what, I do look a lot like the look of there, Simon. On the German Air Force side, is this one
1: here. Um, that one. Yeah, the A310, A310. MRTT, uh, Special Mission Wing aircraft, yeah. From the Transport. German Air Force, yeah. Yes, and um, I know quite a lot of these have flown in today, and there's still a lot more because I've got a lot of juggling around, and um, all the Follow Me cars will um, take them and guide them round to their slot Ooh, uh, parking areas.
0: That's another one I'm looking forward to, Simon.
1: Yes, the Boeing KC-767J. Um, From Japan. I've actually seen that before. That is, um, that's quite a nice aircraft um, to look at. And uh, see, so I've seen that flying.
0: Notice I'm picking out all the uh, passenger aircraft converted uh, yes. conversions here. <laughs> yeah,
1: Quinetic. Um, they've always got a few uh, aircraft because they're based in the UK, uh, as I said a little earlier. Um, we've got helicopter. I'm just looking uh, to see if we've got any helicopter display teams. from
0: the UK. Yeah, the Gazelle uh, to be confirmed. That one h one yes. from the Army Air Corps. Yep, uh, the Apache is going to be there.
1: Yes. I'm just looking to see if there's any display teams um, because that's quite impressive to watch the uh, helicopter display teams. Um, Um, Normally you get, um, I know the Indian Air Force, um, they had the uh, uh, Eurocopters and they were all called the Peacocks and that was quite nice and impressive uh, to watch them uh, before.
0: Oh, the US Navy have got a P-8A Poseidon there from the Maritime Patrol.
1: That would be good to see. Yep. So the United Air Force have um, actually said and confirmed they've got a few, because normally they bring lots of aircraft, but um, because of the cutbacks, they're really cutting back. We've got tons of typhoons and uh, tornadoes. Excuse me. Is that late, Simon? It is.
0: (laughs) We need to go to sleep soon. We've got to be up early. I was hoping to go to the pub, but... um, um, we've also got uh, the Battle of Britain Memorial, Memorial Flight, flight the Hurricane. BB- yeah, we've got and the Lancaster, Spitfire, Lancaster. Lancaster,
1: yeah. Um, so that's uh, good. Uh, we've got the Bell Griffin uh, helicopter, that's on static. Um, we've got, just having a look, at uh, King Air, um, which is always good to uh, look at. Um, there's loads of uh, good um, aircraft there. Um, you know, as I said earlier um, to you before we went on air, the actual, um, got two Merlins there uh King Air 350 AR Avenger. Um we've got um two aircraft that have actually known that um have actually flown into Farnborough. Oh well that's next weekend and that is the um A three fifty and the A three eighty. Um so they have actually arrived uh, a little a week early um
0: but, some um, news some news on Farnborough as well. Uh we're saying earlier on when we started this episode uh, that Qatar Airways would do to bring four aircraft to Farnborough for next weekend, which we're going to. Um, <laughs> they're only about bringing three aircraft now to Farnborough next weekend. Uh, they're going to be bringing their Airbus A350, which I'm looking forward to seeing. Uh, they're bringing an A320 and a Boeing 787 Dreamliner. Now, their Airbus A350, which, as me and Simon know, is the brand-new um, aircraft from Airbus, which uh, is not yet into, into passenger service yet, but is nearly there. Qatar are the launch customer for the A350. Uh, that's going to be featuring in the flying display at Farnborough uh, next week. And uh, Qatar are going to have the aircraft uh, on static display as well. Um, so whether they'll be allowing us in to see these aircraft or not. But I was just reading, Simon, that um, on uh, the Dreamliner, Qatar's Dreamliner, in economy, um, each economy-class seat is going to have a 10.5-inch TV screen.
1: That's pretty good, isn't it? That's
0: pretty good, isn't it, Simon? That's
1: something similar to the uh, screen you got here.
0: Yeah, yeah. on each economy uh, seat, they're going to have, uh, have that size TV screen. And all economy seats uh, will have a full complementary uh, food and beverage service as well. So Qatar sort of bringing the economy service up to a whole new level there, I yes, think. Yes,
1: um, there'll be a lot of competition uh, going on with that, I would imagine.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, so that's uh, so that's a bit of news there for Farmer next weekend. Yes. So, uh, well, Simon.
1: We've got a few um, things to talk about the Reds. Obviously, it's their 50th and special day tomorrow. Uh, we're in the pit lane. Um, but unfortunately two of the Reds have um, uh, got confirmation of this from uh, one of my friends David Harris today that a uh, second um, Hawk this week has had another bird strike now there was one at uh, Waddington this one uh, has now gone at Farnborough I think it happened at Farnborough uh, while practising so uh, they've got two aircraft um, they've now had bird strikes but they luckily they do have quite a lot of um, spares um, which is good and... Um, uh, I've got all the numbers. Uh, we will give the give you those in uh, a future uh, podcast uh, that are flying uh, and more information on ones that have been retired or scrapped or written off um, or in storage. So um, lots to look forward to. Um, just a shame that two of the Reds. Uh, it was Red Six was uh, last weekend at uh, Waddington. Now Red Seven has um, had a bird strike as well. So this is a second one in uh, just a few days. So, saw fingers, the pictures online there. Yes, quite, uh, quite dramatic mm. uh, how uh, much damage uh, you can get from a small bird. Um, it's put a nasty hole in the front, um, just near the uh, front of the uh, light and the spear of the aircraft. So um, it's uh, quite scary. And uh, congratulations on the pilots. Always uh, managed to land them. Um, after a bird strike, um, because it can be quite um, horrific if those aircraft have actually had a bird strike on the cockpit glass, and uh, things can be uh, more catastrophic on that. So um, that is uh, pretty uh, uh, good news that they actually landed safely. So... We're on charge with everything. We're yep. getting phones charged. We're getting Phone scares. batteries. There's more batteries and more batteries and more chargers. And uh, we've got
0: every uh, sun tank everything theme. covered. <laughs> so, yeah, we're, um, we've, uh, we're air show ready. We're air show ready. Um, uh, we have got uh, a segment actually to play for you on uh, this show uh, just to sort of bring us close to an hour. Uh, we don't want to leave our uh, listeners short on this episode. Um, we've got a segment to play from you. Uh, this is from uh, one of uh, one of our friends, Matt Smith, and he went to the Waddington Air Show uh, last weekend and uh, had a fantastic day and uh, Matt Smith sent us in some audio feedback. Uh, uh, via an MP3 file which uh, we're going to play for you right now so here we go I'll bring to you now Mr Matt Smith
2: Hello Simon, hello Carlos it's Sunday the 6th of July and welcome to RAF Waddington and it's annual air show where this year they're celebrating 20 years The event has been broken up into three categories, static displays both outside and in the hangars, a huge amount of stalls and food outlets which run the entire length of the base's taxi areas, and then flying displays over the actual runway. Some great exhibitions are on show here today, boasting unique interactive features and a dedicated app you can download to your smartphone to complement the displays. Detailed maps, lots of little video clips designed to illustrate points, being made and animate some of the otherwise static displays. Unfortunately what the developer of the app and team behind this great idea hadn't taken into account was that with attendance figures in the region of 148,000 visitors, there was with no Wi-Fi support on site, absolutely no way that the mobile phone networks were ever going to be able to stand a chance of you making a phone call and receiving text, let alone getting a data connection. A brilliant idea in theory, just a shame that the finer points Hadn't been worked out. The best of the displays for me had to be the Red Arrows anniversary stand in Hangar Three. So if you get a chance to see it at an air show this year, I'd highly recommend it. Store-wise, there were very few outlets selling items that were relevant to the air show, and it was a play, It was the last place I expected to see a waggy tails vendor selling pet food or a handbag for the wife. Maybe it was an opportunity for a peace offering. On to the main event and the air show and a truly cracking lineup of both old and new aircraft. Full details are available via their website but for me there were some real highlights. No decent air show would be complete without an appearance by the Red Arrows and although I've seen them many times over the years there was something very special about seeing them in their 50th year. They were here both days of the show and because of their commitments at Silverstone uh, with the British Grand Prix not very far away. They stayed overnight at Waddington, meaning I witnessed a very, very rare event nine Red Hawks tw- taxiing, taking off, and landing twice. With being a real airshow novice, I never thought for a moment that a flying display could bring a tear to my eye, but as the Battle of Britain Memorial flight came into view, I couldn't help but have a lump in my throat as the Lancaster bomber, PA 474B1, a Hawker Hurricane LF363 Mark IIc sporting its traditional RAF markings, and a Spitfire MK356 Mark LF9e sporting the black-and-white striped D-Day livery rumbled into view. What I thought was a really nice touch is that once their display came to an end, a then-and-now fly pass with a Spitfire and a Eurofighter Typhoon FGR4, also with matching D-Day livery, Flew side by side. The poor old Spitfire was clearly flat out at around 230 miles an hour, uh, whilst the Typhoon looked like it was going to stall at any moment as it went across the sky. It was a really magical moment. During their second and final lap of the sky, the Typhoon opened the throttle to a whopping 480 miles an hour in less than a second. It was a brilliant way of bringing the memorial flight to an end as the fighter began its own display. It's worth mentioning that two of the most standout displays for me were actually involving helicopters, the first one being five Eurocopter EC-120s from the Spanish Air Force really putting these modern machines through their paces. The second one was the Apache AH AH-1 and some great pyrotechnics being used to demonstrate what this classic fighter and its targeting computer is built for. I hope to never actually find out what war is like for real, but the four simulated hellfire missile attacks and 30mm chain gun fire gave you an idea of the sheer noise and scale of potential destruction. Very much an enjoyable experience when watching it from the safety of the stands with an ice cream in your hand. So as the Red Arrows display comes to an end behind me, me and Mummy Smith have had a great day at this well-organised show. I can't help but feel a little sad that there will be no air show here at Waddington in 2015. They're rebuilding and extending the already 9,000-foot runway by 528 feet. It's a small price to pay to ensure that this fantastic airbase can remain usable for at least the next 25 years. I have always wanted to do this, so here goes Matt Smith. Plain talking podcast at raf waddington wow 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 <laughs> thanks very much for
0: that mr smith that's absolutely awesome wasn't it simon we thoroughly enjoyed that did not we very much and uh always good to have some uh, some feedback uh from our listeners uh especially uh, ones from air shows
1: yes i did say to you earlier that they um may not have an air show there in 2016, but um, next year there may not be an air show because they're resurfacing and extending the runway. Mm. So what does that mean, extending the runway? What is the purpose? Of extending a runway? We're going to have to research that oh. one, Simon, definitely, aren't we? And see Watch this doing space because there. Um, um, there must be a reason for extending that, um, having bigger aircraft. Yeah, Definitely.
0: Okay, then. So, Simon, it's ty- It's coming up to 10 to 11. 11.
1: Wonder what we'll be doing this time tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> sitting in bloody traffic.
0: S- sitting in traffic, yeah. We <laughs> will no, be sitting in traffic. Not. No, we're not. Not in the Tri Star. We'll be uh, flying above all the traffic, Simon. You know that. Okay, then. So, uh, we are going to bring episode 25 to a close of the Plane Talking UK podcast. Um, it's been a short one, uh, just under an hour, or just on an hour. Um, but uh, me and Simon do need to go and catch some uh, well-earned Z's, especially for Simon, because he's uh, just come off the end of a huge um, busy, uh, busy week uh, of um, or working, or a few, a few weeks or a few months of work. Exactly. Um, so we're going to uh, leave this episode for now, and uh, we're going to come back to you next week with episode 26, with hopefully some awesome interviews we'll have from the Royal International Air Tattoo Air Show tomorrow at ARIA Fairford. So, for episode 25, that's it. We're going to leave that there now. So thanks for listening. Don't forget, uh, you can uh, contact us via our website at www.plaintalking.com Plain, spelled P-L-A-N-E. You can go on there and contact us via the uh, Contact Us tab. Just click on there and send us a message via there. Some feedback would be awesome and uh, you can also find us on facebook just search for plain talking uk you'll find us on facebook and on twitter as well and uh, we're also on youtube we've got a youtube account where we'll get some hopefully get some good videos this uh, weekend from uh, react to put on youtube uh, so you can find us on there plain talking uk as well and that's about it then, Simon. We're going to bring it to a close now. Uh, so from me, Carlos, it's uh, very excited. Going to find it hard to sleep tonight. Goodbye from me.
1: Yeah, and it's a air show react goodbye from me. And uh, the heart is pounding already. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we know all the aircraft are tucked up in uh, bed at the moment and are sleeping and resting and standing on the runway and uh, maybe some in the air, um, transiting still, uh, ready for tomorrow from all over the world. Um, so, uh, do look out for us tomorrow. Um, I may have my red arrows, uh, shirt on tomorrow, but I'll have my plain talking UK cardigan on, um, as well. Um, come and say hello, ask us any questions. Um, give us uh, some feedback. Yeah, yeah. Give us some feedback. Anything you want to know, um, we'll be there, uh, to answer your questions and give you any help, uh, regarding, uh, what you'd like to see, uh, see or see at the air show, um, during the day. And, uh, we can try and give you some information, uh, Obviously, uh, you can actually get a static um, aircraft checklist, um, as I've been before. Um, I don't know whether they have these at Farmer, do they, Um, the static checklists? They have a list online posted, yeah, for
0: static aircraft. Yeah, Yeah.
1: you um, can pick these up. They're a few pounds, and uh, then you can uh, tick off and uh, write down the registration marks of all aircraft that are static and uh, on show at the uh, air show. So, uh, fingers crossed, uh, we're in for a few bumper days flying, eyes to the sky and um, deafening ears, and, uh, but uh, hope to see as many of you as we can over the next few days. Um, as I said, uh, come and say hello to us, and uh, we look forward to seeing as many people uh, as possible. Yeah, so from you, Simon. Take care. none. night
0: no not, <laughs> no no yeah yeah so uh okay then good night to all our listeners and uh join us next uh, week for episode 26 goodbye then
1: yeah bye bye